Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you on the Believe Podcast Networks. And it's good to be back after a little hiatus in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mike Luby Lubitz doing his usual professional and fine job and catapulting himself into a position <laughs> where I kind of feel like Jim Nance to Iron Eagle here. Where I'm hearing footsteps, uh, Luby. No, uh, heard no, uh, no. nothing but positive reports and feedback. Uh, there were very few complaints. And uh, a star is born. I, I always like to think that, uh, that there's a possibility that, uh, you know, maybe uh, somebody out there just happens to uh, turn on the podcast and he happens to be a high ranking executive with a major syndicator in the business and says, wow, that's a fresh voice. See uh, if we can find this guy. We'd like to offer him uh, a very lucrative uh, and fat long term contract. And then uh, the beauty is that you start rooting to get fired right away as long as the money is guaranteed. <laughs> Seven years on the beach. Be fantastic. Any thanks for uh, doing the uh, fill-in hosting job there. Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was in Las Vegas. The National Handicapping Championship is a horse racing event uh, that uh, has really grown in stature and uh, also in prize fund and participation. Over the years, uh, I think it used to be a $10,000 buy-in job, but now you have to qualify. You can't buy your way into the tournament unless you buy your way into one of their satellite tournaments and win that. And uh, there are many uh, contested. There are like a half a dozen, it seems like, online each weekend in various locations around the universe, uh, racetracks uh, especially, and casinos. And uh, great, great contest, great competition. Guy walked away with $734,000. A man of a humble uh, background, uh, he had uh, like a regular job, was a working stiff, just enjoyed playing a ponies, got involved in one of the contests online, won that, qualified for a seat in, in the big one, uh, the National Handicapping Championship, which is horse racing's version, I guess, of the World Series of Poker. And it's a three-day event, and it uh, really was extremely well run, so a delightful thing. And, and this guy, the schlep from like Tonawanda, nice guy, he wasn't sitting that far from us, wins it all, 734 grand. Not wow. too bad. Uh, That's, amazing. Nice <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Is that enough of a life-changing score, would you say? Life-changing score. I'm not sure. 734 grand. It works for me. This falls in, in your lap. Yeah. <laughs> I would take it. <laughs> sure beats, uh, you know, losing 300 every time I go out there, betting exact is going screen to screen. But uh, uh, a, a visual, uh, I, I needed a gargoyle with Visine after uh, betting so many races uh, over the last uh, four days. It was absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, uh, you get the late flight home. Uh, you're saying and contending, Mike Lubitz, that all flights out of Las Vegas are always delayed, at least for uh, some period of time. Sometimes uh, they don't go out at all. At least, see, maybe I'm thinking spirit. I don't, because when well, I spirit is spirit, an exception, yeah. And my, and our buddy, the professor, has talked about that. Like every time he takes a spirit fight, it's automatically going to be delayed. I don't know yes. if it's every company. That's true. Like I, I've only done really spirit there and back. JetBlue uh, usually very reliable, and uh, they have a direct flight there from Vegas to our digs here in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, unfortunately, it was delayed a couple of hours. Uh, put a little uh, compromise uh, on my ability to perform on the Ion Channel morning show that we do <laughs> here on the East Coast. As uh, you know, you get in at two in the morning, and you're not exactly going to fall right asleep, right? So you got all kinds no, of stuff, no. uh, tiptoeing around so the dogs don't wake up, so you don't have to uh, spend an hour and you know uh, taking care of them. And uh, sure enough, first thing that happens. <laughs> 
walk in the house. And, uh, you know, so I, I got to bed about three o'clock in the morning and, uh, you know, got up at uh, six to do the shows. So which, you know, leaves me here and, uh, uh, fantastic stuff uh, happening uh, over the weekend. We were talking a lot this morning about the, uh, NFL uh, championship games, conference championship games. And, uh, I, I'm not convinced uh, again now uh, of, of the belief that uh, Andy Reid is carrying a Chinese menu uh, underneath <laughs> that laminated card that he has uh, where he's got all the uh, colored, uh, you know, designs and everything and uh, <laughs> markers. And you're thinking that's his plate chart. But uh, I really believe he's just ordering food. Because uh, <laughs> what kind of a sugar to play is that at the goal line uh, where, know. Uh, you know, there's no time left on the clock in the first half. You, you know that three points is going to be of some distinction. Yeah, you take it. Uh, you're going to be up two touchdowns. It's going to be 24-10 going to the locker room. Yes. Uh, you just, uh, you know, repelled what momentum that Cincinnati was able to develop as they were gathering a little steam after a score in a game that looked like they were going to get blown off the face of the planet. Uh, the way things went in the first couple of drives. Uh, what, what did KC score in their first three drives? Yes, I think they did. I think three out of four drives, and then that fourth drive, they went right down the field. Like yeah. they they were doing whatever they wanted, and Mahomes just look. A lot of the people are putting that on Mahomes, where Andy Reid has enough trust in Mahomes to say, "Look, you go to the end zone, or you take the field goal," and then he just shrugged it off and made one of the dumbest decisions of his career. Well, and, and it continued to uh, ratchet its way into negativity exponentially in the second half as, uh, you know, all of those uh, wonderful magical plays that he was making, the reverse of that is they look bozoic as, uh, you know, that desperation passed by Garoppolo as he was in the grasp of Aaron Donald and about to get his teeth knocked down to his Adam's apple. And then he uh, heaves the ball in the air in a futile <laughs> attempt to do something. But, you know, people are going to rip him for that and say, oh, there it was, typical Garoppolo mistake. Uh, the game was pretty much uh, over if uh, something didn't happen on that play anyway. So, uh, you know, it like he did what he and could. Like 30, and the Rams were, like, had notched it up. I mean, you don't want it to end there. You want to at least have that play. But, I mean, I, anyone who was watching that game felt the game was over once he was about to go down. Pretty much. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So uh, San Francisco, though, uh, does cover. Well, what a big differential there. Uh, and uh, we, we were speculating, uh, should gamblers be allowed to go to press conferences now that gambling has uh, so deeply infiltrated all sports? And uh, you, you have, uh, you know, like Terry Bradshaw sitting at the FanDuel desk and telling you, uh, you know, that you, you, know, you can get some of his money just by playing some other uh, fantasy uh, deal that uh, is being sponsored by one of these entities. And, uh, you know, so, so it's all over the place. So should not gamblers be represented, at least in like, remember Helen Thomas from the Associated Press always had the first question to uh, every president uh, whenever the uh, press conference was taking place. It was always, OK, Helen, what do you got? And it's old. I don't want to say she was an old bag, but I mean, it was like, uh, you know, it was kind of an honor that she was still there. And she go, uh, Mr. President, it appears that all of your economic plans are going up in smoke. No, no, she would never say anything like that, would she? No. But uh, I, I think gambling should have representation at postgame press conferences at uh, all sporting events right now. And the first question uh, to McVeigh obviously had to be. Sean, how could you possibly be satisfied with a win, no cup? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> All of those Rams backers, their, their money, I mean, just uh, absolutely torched, fried, barbecued, as, uh, you know, they lost to the hook. And again, well, you know, the way the game was playing out, they looked like they were going to lose the thing on the money line. Yeah. Which uh, was a whole other story. And, uh, wow, it just shows you how uh, perilous uh, your your entire plight can be if you're a degenerate gambler 
and, and you're watching Matthew Stafford uh, throw just an absolute blimp out there that uh, anybody in there, you know, with the slightest of ability, I mean, even if you had no arms, you could have picked that pass off down the middle of the field <laughs> and iced the game in favor of the San Francisco 49ers, uh, helping our buddy Jersey Kyle, and also known as Moneyline Martinez, out in Las Vegas, who, uh, you know, it, it was another one of those things where, when he made the bet they, they had to call for assistance in the back. Hey, Lou, got a guy here. He wants bangles to parlay to San Francisco on a money line. Should I take his money or have exactly. him committed? <laughs> the $200. Money line, not even points. Money line. The money line parlay was at 9 to 1 for That's you uh, betting uh, sickos out there. That's great. That uh, Tune in on the Believe Podcast Networks. 9 to 1 it was a good price, no? Yep. That's I mean, you great. had to think that Cincinnati had a shot to win that game. Uh, Kansas City hadn't proven that they could withstand uh, – I mean, they're they're kind of fueled by self sabotage, or so it seemed. Are they not? That's what it felt stupid like. Stupid plays, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. stupid I mean, plays. Well, they've done this the field a lot over their time. That's the funny thing is we treat we treat them like a dynasty, but most yeah. of their games have been wars. Like in the playoffs, it's usually them coming back from like two to three scores down or giving up a two to three score lead. Like coughing it up the lead. I mean, they look a, like a cheap claimer at Beulah Park. <laughs> That's what they do under Andy Reid, and that goes back to his time with the Eagles. Like, he was always considered the guy that quote-unquote choked because he would have these talented teams that yes. never did enough. And if you look at this reign for the Chiefs, yeah, they've gone to a couple Super Bowls, and they did win a Super Bowl, but they have sort of, in a sense, underachieved because they have this dominant offense, but in these big games, they sort of seem to fall flat at, like, the weirdest times. They did nothing in the second half of that ball game to uh, distinguish themselves, uh, except finally uh, knock it down the field, and they almost blew that. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you could see the tension. I was rewatching that game on the flight home from Las Vegas last night, and they kept showing the Cincinnati bench, or rather the uh, San Francisco bench. No, Cincinnati bench. Uh, And, uh, you know, they... uh, the, the players were resigned to the fact that they were going to lose. Yeah, it was done. I mean, they were at the five, second, and goal, and they had moved easily down the field. It felt like the first quarter and a half again, and then they went back to weird play calling. <laughs> yeah, he's Fran Tarkin and like scrambles by Patrick Mahomes, and then he fumbles the football and nearly, I mean, lost a chance. Imagine that. Came with an eyelash of uh, just absolutely giving the ball game away. I went with another play that looked uh, kind of funky, did it not? Yeah, it was weird. It was like you, they had just, they were running it at two to three yards a clip. You wanted to milk the clock because your defense was not playing well in the second half. You just wanted to get perfect situation. You couldn't have a better situation in the end zone. And they go shotgun. <laughs> and then they show the replay and Kelsey's wide open, Hill's wide yeah. open. And it was weird. Like, and Mahomes just like lost his, his mind. <laughs> it was like really weird. He, he's running with his back to the end zone. Yeah, it was uh, like, you know, dude, what are you doing? Uh, it was very Francharkin esque, uh, the old Minnesota Vikings QB. But, but he would always make something happen at the end of that, which, which Mahomes has been typically known to do, although uh, every now and then in the second half now, especially the last couple of times they played Cincinnati in particular, it blows up in his face. And, uh, you know, there's uh, ugliness that comes along with it. And, you know, it's sad because I'm a Mahomes fan. I, yeah, I, I like the kid a lot. How, how could you not? And he's very exciting to watch when, when he's on his game. And he's throwing the ball sidearm and underhanded submarine. Uh, looks like Dan Quisenberry all of a sudden put a helmet on his playing quarterback or uh, T- Kent Tukulfi. And, uh, you know, very exciting player, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, kind of choked that game away. That, that was the big debate on all of the sports talk channels all, all over the place. Uh, was it more of a choke 
by the Kansas City Chiefs are, are some kind of, uh, you know, great play by the Cincinnati Bengals. And you would have to say in all these situations, it's a combination platter, man. It's, uh, you know, you, you get the fried clams and the shrimp. What else you want to know, lady? <laughs> <laughs> it's a like, combo. Like on Twitter, all these people have been like um, hailing the Bengals. And I, I'm not slamming the Bengals. That's the thing. I don't want to discredit them. Joe Burrow is legit. And the dude, for a second-year player coming off a massive injury that should have taken him a whole year to recover from, is yeah. special. And that team is way better than I've given them credit. Like, I'm not trying to slam them for that. And the defense did its job. They got after Mahomes in spots, and they switched the scheme a little bit, and that's all well and good. But if you watch that game, and if you have covered the sport at all, it was pretty clear the Chiefs could do what they wanted, and that didn't change. Like, Tyreek Hill was open, and Kelsey was open, and Mahomes had lots of time behind that line. The issue was Mahomes. It's just, and I'm not trying to slam the dude. I like him. He was missing guys. He just was either late on passes, not throwing to open people, and when he would throw to them, he would miss them. He was throwing to guys. That little slant thing that Tyreek Hill will take for a touchdown, five yards down the, the field, and he would overthrow him by like 10 yards. And that's something Mahomes just doesn't do, and it was really weird. Yeah, the aerial shot of that scramble play uh, when uh, he ended up getting sacked and fumbling and <laughs> No, the Kansas City Chiefs were extremely fortunate to have uh, an alert lineman come yep. uh, flying back and dive on that football. Otherwise, it's going back for a touchdown. Yep, yep. And, uh, I mean, the aerial shot, it looked like the old Steve Spurrier fun and gun or whatever, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, there, there were six guys wide open in the end zone. And meanwhile, <laughs> Mahomes is looking up at the crowd there uh, trying to find Lee Steinberg and say, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I got to do something here. Unbelievable. It was just weird. Uh, Joe Burrow not, uh, I mean, uh, I, I know it's not dead ringer time, but uh, is he not remind you physically, uh, you know, in terms of uh, just uh, his kind of demeanor and look of Timothy Robbins as Andy Dufresne and yes. Shawshank Redemption? You said that this morning, and I was like, wow, that's true. He does have that. He's calm, cool, collected, yeah. but confident, too. It's like a weird thing where, like, he looks dopey, but he's also confident. It's like a weird thing. Yeah, like he's got something up his sleeve. Like, yep. uh, hey, Warden, wait till you see the hole that I built in the wall here. <laughs> yep. We're cutting the wall. That was the way to go. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, great to see this kid prospering because uh, he seems to be a, a really good yeah. uh, human being and uh, have the right approach to everything. So, uh, you know, nice to see. And it's an interesting matchup. I, I would think close to pick him, although I saw a line this morning. Now, I don't know if this is yesterday's news, but um, are the Rams now favored by four points in this yes. game after opening a three and a hook? Uh, it was a three and a hook and then has bumped up to four from what I've seen. And so the Rams fans uh, haven't learned it, uh, that they can find their way into all kinds of desperation and trouble also and, and seem to have a penchant for doing it, whether it's, uh, you know, blowing big leads like yes. they did in that regular season finale against San Francisco yep. or finding themselves uh, in what appeared to be not, not a hopeless hole, but uh, certainly a very treacherous one. Uh, against San Francisco again in a postseason game that you thought, wow, I mean, if there was ever incentive to go out there and uh, win one for the Gipper, huh? And, and you know, you, you've got a team that looks to be superior against a banged-up quarterback who wasn't that good to begin with. So, uh, you know, to find yourself in a dogfight, a nail-biter in that game, I, I don't know it's overwhelmingly encouraging, and people aren't sold. It almost feels like the uh, AFC is getting the same amount of respect that the AFL did when Joe Willie made the prediction he was going to beat the Baltimore Colts and everybody thought that he was insane. I mean, they're ready to bake rack this guy instead of having him leave the press conference. Well, but you're out of your mind, Joe. You're going down. That, it's and honestly I what it is with the Bengals. Right. None of us want it. They're young and they 
literally two years removed from being the worst team in the league and having the number one overall pick, and then their quarterback last year almost dies and is done for the year, halfway through the year. And, like, so no one really wants to accept that the Bengals are good, and I admit it, and I've written them off the entire playoffs. Look, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's now up to where I'm at, four and a hook for the Rams. Wow. And we still have a week and a half. Rams fans sending it in. And that's crazy. Uh, you know, I, I would have thought maybe uh, you know, you, you're giving the Rams. Uh, are you considering the Rams are essentially having a home game here, even but, though they uh, officially listed as the visitor? Well, the funny thing is, though, if you watch that game Sunday, they had a, a home lot of game, San Francisco and fans. It was yeah. not a home game. <laughs> like there was a lot more Niner fans there, and the Bengals fans are legit. Like a lot of I have friends I didn't realize were such Bengals fans that all want to go. So well, you they've been think- ashamed to be uh, admitting that they're Bengals fans. <laughs> two years ago, they won, what, two games? <laughs> exactly. That's how they latched on to Joe Burrow. It, it does kind of throw uh, a jagger uh, in the direction of teams that are constantly trying to sell uh, everybody in their fan base yep. uh, on a rebuild yep. and that it's going to take time and that, you know, don't worry about a thing. I mean, uh, Miami Dolphins here in our hometown, a prime example uh, of an organization that said, uh, well, you know what we got to do? We got to strip this thing down. <laughs> And start from scratch. And uh, you know what? They're back at scratch, essentially, because yeah. uh, the thing they were trying to dodge is the very thing that's transpired, and that is that they have uh, you know, worked their way right back into uh, mediocrity yep. without seemingly having that much of a chance uh, of joining the league's elite anytime soon unless would it not take a series of miracles for the Miami Dolphins to be contenders? And uh, they were in the same boat as Cincinnati, essentially couple of years ago, except uh, Brian Flores happened to go out there and ruin everything by winning five games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With the biggest bunch of NFL bag ladies in history, that alone, I mean, should qualify Brian Flores for a head coaching job. So uh, how much uh, do you have to weigh in on the asshole factor? <laughs> Since the Dolphins PR machine uh, quickly put out there that, uh, you know, we're not crazy. He's crazy. He's a jerk off. <laughs> yes. We didn't fire a guy that uh, was able to win those five games with a bunch of schleppers or uh, come back the next year and win 10 in a 16 game season and nearly make the postseason in his third year, even though we didn't really give him that much help. Right. Suspect quarterback and all that stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, uh, all of a sudden uh, after they fired a the guy, they wanted to make sure they clarified that uh, he was a major league asshole. <laughs> and so uh, that seems to be the biggest obstacle that Flores has to overcome as he's being interviewed uh, supposedly for all of his jobs, but uh, hasn't landed one as of yet. What do you think? What's he over under? I mean, uh, that's a good prop bet. I can just see come back from Las Vegas. Flores, I can see Flores maybe getting the Texans job. All the other jobs, I don't think he's going to get. Like the New Orleans, I know interviewed him. He's not getting that job. The Giants yeah. were the one I thought he could get, and they went with Dable. Uh, Texans did interview are in the process of interviewing him. I can see that one because he's a disciplinarian dude and they're sort of a disaster. So Just what they that. need, uh, another divisive uh, yeah, force exactly. Uh, in, exactly. <laughs> in their uh, you know entourage of uh, people there that uh, work for the Texans. Uh, oh, I mean, and, and dysfunction breeds dysfunction, does it not? Uh, which is what, what the Dolphins apply to happen here. Uh, all right, um, uh, great being with you. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. What do you think? Uh, Super Bowl, pick them. The uh, four and a half points looks I, very tempting with I, Cincinnati. Well, and it's going to grow. What I would do is not touch it. <laughs> like, I, I think the Rams will win, but if it gets up to seven points, you'd have to go Bengals. I mean, this team has been gained the entire playoffs. They you, you haven't been able to write them off yet. Like, I would let it grow a little bit and then go Bengals. I, I think the Rams are going to win, but again, they just come off a win, no cover. So why can't they do that again? Uh, near fearsome foursome returning. 
for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Joe Burrow, very vulnerable back there, having been victimized by nine sacks just a couple of weeks ago in the postseason and still coming away with a win. Uh, those are some improbable uh, Ichabod Crane-looking runs also that Joe Burrow made. I mean, not known as a – did he have like 10 yards rushing all season? He's, he's a decent athlete. So. He's a decent runner. He just doesn't do it a lot. Like, he doesn't really go to it very often. I mean, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they have one guy land on him as if he was dropped on his back by a helicopter. He can't bring him down. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, you know, he, he slips a tackle behind the line of scrimmage and, and uh, gets that big first down, which is a uh, huge impetus in that ball game. Uh, Joe Burrow's uh, running, and he runs like, like uh, what, uh, like a player or two later down the middle for uh, like another 15. A guy that never does this all of a sudden is making that happen. But, uh, wow, he could be under immense pressure uh, facing the Los Angeles Rams. All right, uh, a lot of chatter uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. That's always a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Uh, at what point, Luby, do you get the uh, backup uh, holder? On the show, <laughs> so that we can get some Super Bowl input. I don't know. That's what a PR guy will give you. You know, you call the Rams uh, office right now and say, "Hey, you know what? We've got this podcast on. Believe it's international. Could, could you get us somebody uh, from the team for like five minutes?" And, and they give you like Pedro Schwartz, who happens to be the backup uh, holder for place kicks, but you, you never heard of the guy, and you can't even find him on the round. <laughs> well, that's the problem. It's I, don't, I don't see him on here, uh, Luby. Uh, who is this guy? <laughs> That's the kind of schlep uh, you would get uh, you know, if uh, you were requesting an interview. <laughs> I guess they have that big media day that everybody loves. Do the people still love that? Yeah, well, they, I, the media day doesn't get as much attention as it used to because it's become sort of eh. Um, the Radio Row is the thing I'm missing, but again, that's current player-wise, that's what you get a lot. This <laughs> guy's yeah. like no one's ever heard of. Who's that guy again with the Cowboys that Chris Fisher always uh, used to be? Dale Hellstray. Uh, <laughs> he loves throwing Dale, Dale Hellstray yeah. with the Bills and the Cowboys. That's the guy he loves. Never heard of the guy, right? He's got like seven <laughs> Super Bowl rings. Never. never. <laughs> He's got more rings than Brady. And, uh, you know, guy was a schlepper. Uh, man, but he was in the league like 25 years because it's like a weird skill. Who practices that, right? No idea. <laughs> Whose desire is it to snapping. be the long snapper? <laughs> no one's. But on it's a, a good niche. Team. It's a good niche. Probably can play forever. <laughs> People, I mean, guys go into their 50s at that position. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to do it again tomorrow. Thanks uh, for joining yes, us sir. here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, and it's After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Always a pleasure to be uh, with you guys. Thanks so much for telling people about it. You can catch us uh, for a couple of hours every morning. Uh, 7 to 9 Eastern Time in the U.S. of A on ION Channel. Just Google the Defoe Show. You can catch everything there. And, of course, uh, it's always a pleasure, as I said, uh, you know, being back uh, after a trip from Las Vegas, especially when I came back with a stack of sticks. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. Walking out the door, uh, cash for a dime uh, on a uh, video poker machine, which I, I would imagine those machines are going to be recalibrated because <laughs> I, I have never seen a more successful you know, usually, you know, you make one score, but uh, no, constantly it was doing uh, weird things like that. I mean, what, what were the chances of drawing the jack of spades right in the middle of that? 47 to 1, my friend. Zero Boom. point zero. There it was. <laughs> That's great. It's 47 to 1 proposition, right? There are That's five cards that are out there, and there's 47 more in the deck, and uh, you could get a any one of them, right? 47 to 1. And uh, it is. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, hit you up again tomorrow. Thanks so much for being with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. And remember, you got to believe. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters. 
Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.